story twenty one of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story twenty one retiring from business what the colonel's business was nobody knew nor did any one care particularly he purchased for cash only and he never grumbled at the price of anything that he wanted who could ask for more than that curious people occasionally wondered how when it had been fully two years since the colonel with every one else abandoned duck creek to the chinese he managed to spend money freely and to lose considerable at cards and horse races in fact the keeper of that one of the two challenge hill saloons which the colonel did not patronize was once heard to absent-mindedly wonder whether the colonel hadn't a money-mill somewhere where he turned out double eagles and slugs the coast name for fifty-dollar gold pieces when so important a personage as a barkeeper indulged publicly in an idea the inhabitants of challenge hill like good californians everywhere considered themselves in duty bound to give it grave consideration so for a few days certain industrious professional gentlemen who won money of the colonel carefully weighed some of the brightest pieces and tested them with acids and tasted them and sawed them in two and retried them and melted them up and had the lumps assayed the result was a complete vindication of the colonel and a loss of considerable custom to the indiscreet barkeeper the colonel was as good-natured a man as had ever been known at challenge hill but being mortal the colonel had his occasional times of despondency and one of them occurred after a series of races in which he had staked his all on his own bay mare tipsy and had lost looking reproachfully at his beloved animal failed to heal the aching void of his pockets and drinking deeply swearing eloquently and glaring defiantly at all mankind were equally unproductive of coin the boys at the saloon sympathized most feelingly with the colonel they were unceasing in their invitations to drink and they even exhibited considerable christian forbearance when the colonel savagely dissented with every one who advanced any proposition no matter how incontrovertible but unappreciated sympathy grows decidedly tiresome to the giver and it is with a feeling of relief that the boy saw the colonel stride out of the saloon mount tipsy and gallop furiously away riding on horseback has always been considered an excellent sort of exercise and fast riding is generally admitted to be one of the most healthful and delightful means of exhilaration in the world but when a man is so absorbed in his exercise that he will not stop to speak to a friend and when his exhilaration is so complete that he turns his eyes from well-meaning thumbs pointing significantly into doorways through which a man has often passed while seeking bracing influences it is but natural that people should express some wonder the colonel was well known at toddy flat lone hand blazers murders bar and several other villages through which he passed and as no one had been seen to precede him betting men were soon offering odds that the colonel was running away from somebody strictly speaking they were wrong but they won all the money that had been staked against them 
for within half an hour's time there passed over the same road an anxious-looking individual who reined up in front of the principal saloon of each place and asked if the colonel had passed had the gallant colonel known that he was followed and by whom there would have been an extra election held at the latter place very shortly after for the colonel's pursuer was no other than the constable of challenge hill and for constables and all other officers of the law the colonel possessed hatred of unspeakable intensity on galloped the colonel following the stage road which threaded the old mining camps on duck creek but suddenly he turned abruptly out of the road and urged his horse through the young pines and bushes which grew thickly by the road while the constable galloped rapidly on to the next camp there seemed to be no path through the thicket into which the colonel had turned but tipsy walked between trees and bushes as if they were but the familiar objects of her own stable-yard suddenly a voice from the bushes shouted what's up business that's what replied the colonel it's time replied the voice and its owner a bearded six-footer emerged from the bushes and stroked tipsy's nose with the freedom of an old acquaintance we ain't had a nip since last night and there ain't a cracker or a handful of flour in the shanty the old gal go back on yer yes replied the colonel ruefully lost every blasted race twasn't her fault bless her she done her level best everybody to home you bet said the man and bein a prayin for yer to turn up with the rock and something with more colour than spring water come on the man led the way and tipsy and the colonel followed and the trio suddenly found themselves before a small log hut in front of which sat three solemn disconsolate-looking individuals who looked appealingly at the colonel mack'll tell you how twas fellers said the colonel meekly while i picket the mare the colonel was absent but a few moments but when he returned each of the four men was attired in pistols and knives while mac was distributing some dominoes made from a rather dirty flour-bag tain't so late as all that is it inquired the colonel better be an hour ahead than miss it this ere night said one of the four i ain't been so thirsty since i come round the horn in fifty and we'll run short of water somebody'll get hurt if there's no bitters on the old concern they will or my name ain't perkins don't count your chickies before they're hatched perky said one of the party and he adjusted his domino under the rim of his hat supposin there should be too many for us stiddy cranks remonstrated the colonel nobody ever gets along if they allow themselves to be skeered fact chimed in the smallest and thinnest man of the party the bible says something mighty hot about that i disremember exactly how it goes but i've heerd parson buzzy down in maine preach a rippin old sermon from the text many a time the old man never thought what a comfort them sermons was a-goin to be to a road agent though that time we stopped slim mike's stage and he didn't have no more manners than to draw on me them sermons was a perfect blessin to me the thought of em cleared my head as quickly as a cocktail and i don't want to disturb logroller's pious yarn interrupted the colonel but as it's old black that's drivin to-day instead of slim mike and as old black allers makes his time hadn't we better vamoose the door of the shanty was hastily closed and the men filed through the thicket until near the road when they marched rapidly on parallel lines with it 
after about half an hour perkins who was leading halted and wiped his perspiring brow with his shirt-sleeve far enough from home now said he tain't no use being a gentleman if you have to work too hard safe enough i reckon replied the colonel we'll do the usual i'll halt em log roller attend to the driver cranks takes the boot and mark and perk takes right and left and i know it's tough but considering how everlastin eternally hard up we are i reckon we'll have to ask contributions from the ladies too if there's any aboard eh boy reckon so replied log roller with a chuckle that seemed to inspire even his black domino with a merry twinkle or two what's the use of women's rights if they don't ever have a chance of exercising them having their purses borrowed had showed them the whole doctrine in a brand new light they're treacherous critters women is remarked cranks some of em might put a knife into a feller while he was apologizing even you're afeard of em said birkins you can go back and clean up the shanty reminds me of what the bible says said log roller there's a lion on the trail i'll be chawed up says the lazy galoot or words to that effect come come boys interposed the colonel don't mix religion and business they don't mix no more than hello there's the crack of old black's whip pick your bushes quick i'll jump when i whistle each man secreted himself near the roadside the stage came swinging along handsomely the inside passengers were laughing heartily about something and old black was just given a delicate touch to the flank of the off-leader when the colonel gave a shrill quick whistle and the five men sprang into the road the horses stopped as suddenly as if it was a matter of common occurrence old black dropped his reins crossed his legs and stared into the sky and the passengers all put out their heads with a rapidity equalled only by that with which they withdrew them as they saw the dominoes and revolvers of the road agents seems to be something the matter gentlemen said the colonel blandly as he opened the door won't you please get out don't trouble yourselves to draw cause my friend here's got his weapon cocked and his finger is rather nervous ain't got a handkerchief have you asked the colonel of the first passenger who descended from the stage have well now that's lucky just put your hands behind you please so that's it and the unfortunate man was securely bound in an instant the remaining passengers were treated with similar courtesy and then the colonel and his friends examined the pockets of the captives old black remained unmolested for whoever heard of a stage driver having money boys said the colonel calling his brother agents aside and comparing receipts tain't much of a haul but there's only one woman and she's old enough to be a feller's grandmother better let her alone huh like enough she'll pan out more'n all the rest of the stage put together growled cranks carefully testing the thickness of case of a gold watch just like the low-lived deceitfulness of some folks to hire an old woman to carry their money so it go safe maybe what she's got on ain't nothing to some folks that's got hosses that can win em money at races but the colonel abruptly ended the conversation and approached the stage the colonel was very chivalrous but crank's sarcastic reference to tipsy needed avenging and as he could not consistently with business arrangements put an end to crank's the old lady would have to suffer i beg your parding ma'am said the colonel raising his hat politely with one hand while he reopened the coach door with the other but we're a-takin' up a collection for some very deservin' object we was a-goin' to make the gentlemen fork over the whole amount but as they ain't got enough we'll have to bother you 
the old lady trembled and felt for her pocket-book and raised her veil the colonel looked into her face slammed the stage door and sitting down on the hub of one of the wheels stared vacantly into space nothin queried perkins in a whisper and with a face full of genuine sympathy no yes said the colonel dreamily that is untie em and let the stage go ahead he continued springing to his feet i'll hurry back to the cabin and the colonel dashed into the bushes and left his followers so paralyzed with astonishment that old black afterward remarked that if there had been anybody to hold the hosses he would have cleaned out the whole crowd with his whip the passengers now relieved of their weapons were unbound and allowed to re-enter the stage and the door was slammed upon which old black picked up his reins as coolly as if he had merely laid them down at the station while horses were being changed then he cracked his whip and the stage rolled off while the colonel's party hastened back to their hut fondly inspecting as they went certain flasks they had obtained while transacting their business with the occupants of the stage great was the surprise of the road agents as they entered their hut for there stood the colonel in a clean white shirt and in a suit of clothing made up from the limited spare wardrobes of the other members of the gang but the suspicious cranks speedily subordinated his wonder to his prudence as he laying on the table a watch two pistols a pocket-book and a heavy purse he exclaimed come colonel business before pleasure let's divide and scatter if anybody should hear about it and find our trail and catch us with the traps in our possession they might divide yourselves said the colonel with abruptness and a great oath i don't want none of it colonel said perkins removing his own domino and looking anxiously into the leader's face be you sick here's some bully brandy i found in one of the passengers pockets i hain't nothin replied the colonel i'm a-goin and i'm a-retirin from this business forever ain't a-goin to turn evidence cried hanks grasping the pistol on the table i'm a-goin to make a lead mine o you if you don't take that back roared the colonel with a bound which caused cranks to drop his pistol and retire precipitately backward apologizing as he went i'm goin to tend to my own business and that's enough to keep any man busy somebody lend me fifty till i see him again perkins pressed the money into the colonel's hand and within two minutes the colonel was on tipsy's back and galloping on in the direction the stage had taken he overtook it he passed it and still he galloped on the people at mud gulch knew the colonel well and made it a rule never to be astonished at anything he did but they made an exception to the rule when the colonel canvassed the principal bar-rooms for men who wished to purchase a horse and when a gambler who was flush obtained tipsy in exchange for twenty slugs only a thousand dollars when the colonel had always said that there wasn't gold enough on top of the ground to buy her mud gulch experienced a decided sensation one or two enterprising persons speedily discovered that the colonel was not in a communicative mood so every one retired to his favorite saloon and bet according to his own opinion of the colonel's motives and actions 
but when the colonel after remaining in a barber shop for half an hour emerged with his face clean-shaven and his hair neatly trimmed and parted betting was so wild that a cool-headed sporting man speedily made a fortune by betting against every theory that was advanced then the colonel made a tour of the stores and fitted himself to a new suit of clothes carefully eschewing all the generous patterns and pronounced colours so dear to the average miner he bought a new hat put on a pair of boots and pruned his finger-nails and stranger than all he mildly but firmly declined all invitations to drink as the colonel stood in the door of the principal saloon where the stage always stopped the challenge hill constable was seen to approach the colonel and tap him on the shoulder upon which all men who had bet that the colonel was dodging somebody claimed the stakes but those who stood near the colonel heard the constable say colonel i take it all back and i own up fair and square when i seed you get out of challenge hill it come to me all of a sudden that you might be in the road agent business so i followed you duty you know but after i seed you sell tipsy i knowed i was on the wrong trail i wouldn't suspect you now if all the stages in the state was robbed and i'll give you satisfaction any way you want it it's all right said the colonel with a smile the constable afterwards said that nobody had any idea of how curiously the colonel smiled when his beard was off give this fifty to jim perkins first time you see him i'm leaving the state suddenly the stage pulled up at the door with a crash and the male passengers hurried into the saloon in a state of utter indignation and impecuniosity the story of the robbery attracted everybody and during the excitement the colonel slipped quietly out and opened the door of the stage the old lady started and cried george and the colonel jumping into the stage and putting his arms tenderly about the trembling form of the old lady exclaimed mother End of story twenty one